Hello, Predator fans, and welcome to this week's episode of the Mixtape Podcast. This is what you've been waiting for, isn't it, Predator fans? Because I know a lot of people that are so excited that we're doing this movie. It is the original movie. It is not Predator 2. It is not Predators. It is not any of the other, look, I'm not going to say crap, because they're, they're, they, they stand alone. But the original 1987 Predator, Arnold Schwarzenegger in the jungle with a bunch of his commando buddies, is the best. And I used to watch this as a kid. Yes, as a kid, when I was about seven or eight years old, on repeat. Maybe that's why I like horror. Maybe that's why I'm a little bit messed up in the head. I don't know why, but I've seen this movie so many times. I love it. It was directed by John McTiernan. It was written by Jim and John Thomas. So the premise of Predator, if you don't know, is this. A team of commandos on a mission in a Central American jungle find themselves hunted by an extraterrestrial warrior. Okay, before we get into it, um, I would like to address the composer. I don't know if I brought this up before, but the composer is Alan Silvestri and he is my favorite movie composer. Everybody likes John Williams. Oh, John Williams is so great. Nobody knows who the fuck Alan Silvestri is. So I've just written down just a few. This is not even everything. And these are a few things which I know you know that he's done. Scores to movies. So he did Back to the Future. He did another one of my favorite movies, Flight of the Navigator. He did The Abyss. He did Fern Gully. He did Contact, Castaway, Long Kiss Goodnight, Tomb Raider, Cradle of Life, Van Helsing, Captain America, and The Avengers. And that is only a small amount of his repertoire. And obviously he did Predator. And the Predator theme to me is so iconic. If I even if he even if I hear two bars of the theme, I'm just like, Predator, it's Predator. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about Alan Silvestri. Tell me about your love for him because I know that you like him. Tell me. Yeah, I am a I am a I am a really really big Alan Silvestri fan. Um I really like his work on Back to the Future and Castaway specifically because he has this he has this whimsical way about doing his scores similar to the way that I, I you know, I know you just mentioned him but similar to the way that John Williams does his scores, but mm -hmm. I think, I think it, personally, I think Alan Silvestri is better than John Williams. Watch the picks, watch the pitchforks come for us now. Oh no, he's better. Um, he is. He's better. Yeah, but I, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just, there's just something about the way that he composes music. So actually, but my, my, my favorite uh, three composers of all time are Michael Cicchino, uh Michael Cicchino, Danny Elfman and Alan Silvestri. So those are my those are my guys. Oh, and then and then and then in a quick and then in fourth place, just real quickly, I really like uh, Bear McQuarrie. Oh, he's he good. Did the music for yeah, yeah, he did the music for uh, Battlestar Galactica. A lot of stuff. Uh, the reboot and Outlander as well. One of my favorite shows. Every time I see his name pop up, I know it's going to be like he's gonna it's going to be good music always. Yeah, man. He's awesome. Bear is awesome. All right. Let's get into Predator. So the, you know what's funny? When I was watching this in preparation, I've seen this movie a thousand times. And for some reason, I don't remember the, I never remember the opening scene. Because when I started watching really? it, I'm like, is this the opening scene to Predator? <laughs> I've seen yeah. it like a million times. Um, so the opening scene is You want to know something funny? Yeah. Uh, tell me. Sorry. Yeah. You want to know something funny? Yes. You've seen this movie 
a million times. You grew up with it. I've only seen this movie twice. Wow. <laughs> okay. No, I don't know why. Listen, as a kid, as a as a seven year old, I was obsessed with this movie. I don't know why. I didn't really understand it because I was seven. I just love the fact that the Predator went around killing these commandos. I thought that that was the coolest thing. And do you know what? I asked my mom the other day. I said, why did you let me watch Predator so many times? And she said, but you wanted to. And I'm like, but I'm seven. Am I am I mature enough to make decisions like that? Like, because you wanted to? A-grade parenting right there. But it didn't mess me up. I never had nightmares from it, weirdly enough. I just She just said she just wanted to watch it. She goes, I don't know why. Mm. I don't know. There must have been something in it that was that I that would pulled me to it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, uh, you know, you know, just before Dean starts her usual spiel, mm. Predator is just all sorts of fucking awesome. Mm. I mean, the the dialogue, the the um uh the characterization for 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 most of the commandos, yeah. some of the lines by Jesse the Body Ventura are should be illegal, but they're great. Mm. Uh, uh yeah, so it's just great. So the opening scene, which I don't know why I always forget that it, this is the opening scene. We're in outer space and we see a spaceship and it's flying basically across the brim of of earth and then we see like a shuttle or an escape pod whatever it is, launch from the ship and head towards Earth. And then we get to scene one and it's a military helicopter and it lands and inside five men step out and these are our main guys. This is Mac, Poncho, Blaine, Billy, Hawkins and, of course, Dutch is the last one to get out. He sits there, he lights a cigar, so you know he's fucking, like, cool as shit. He walks towards the, I don't know, tent or building or whatever it is and he gets told his mission is to rescue a foreign cabinet minister and his aide from insurgents. And then we meet Dylan and then we get that classic Dylan and then they do the 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 um the handshake thing and it just shows how big their muscles are <laughs> which is so campy but it's such a it's such an iconic scene of just two muscly men showing off their muscles basically. We meet Dylan and he's a longtime buddy of Dutch and basically Dylan keeps telling Dutch because Dutch is like, why am I here? And he says, you're the best. We needed the best. So it's it's exposition, but it's exposition exposition we needed, right? Because he's saying you're the best, you're the best. So like it's like, oh, so Arnold or Dutch doesn't need to prove he's the best. We already know just by that one line of dialogue, which I didn't think was too over the top. I thought, all right, cool, he's the best. So he um, basically Dutch heads a military rescue team and they just go in and rescue whoever needs to be rescued if 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 the military kind of can't get really i mean he is part of the military but if they can't do it their way they get dutch and his boys and they kind of go in and they kind of do whatever it takes to kind of rescue whoever it is that they need to rescue anyway thoughts yeah um i really really loved the the opening to this movie and the subsequent introduction to dutch and his fellow comrades because the opening to this movie is very 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 weird because it starts off in space and you're like why is this movie starting off in space and like 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 gene said a pod gets released from a bigger ship and then it cuts to so 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 right off the bat if you've never seen this movie before you're wondering what the hell is that and then you know you know and then you get introduced to Dutch and his crew, but the great thing about the scene is the music by Alan Silvestri is just it's just propulsive and it just it's it's got this it's got this grandeur to it 
and it's just wonderful. And I love the fact that every member of Dutch's team exits the helicopter before he does. And I love that John McTiernan focuses in on the inside of the helicopter and you see Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dutch lighting the cigarette. And then he comes down, he goes in, he gets his message. I love, uh, I love the introduction of Carl Weathers uh, uh, in this, uh, in, in this movie as Dylan and, you know, and their manly handshake. I thought that was great. Ultimately, as the film goes along, I kind of don't, I kind of don't like Dylan because I think he's a little bastard. Um, oh, yeah. But, but such, yeah, but such a great opening. But also, I, I, uh, I have to agree with you just a little bit. The line where Dylan says, where, where, where Dutch says to to Dylan, "Why am I here?" and Dutch just and it, uh, Dylan goes, "Because you're the best." I thought that was a little bit. I thought that was a little bit telegraphed. Um, I thought that the writers could have could have found another way to do that because they kind of because because through, because through the situation that that uh, Dutch and his team are going to go through, you kind of you, you kind of understand that the reason he's there is because they're the is 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 because his team is the best. So I was like. Um, I would have preferred. I would have preferred it if the writers would have found a different way to do that. And mm-hmm. the and the last thing I the last thing I want to say mm-hmm. is I thought the setup to this movie was very very economical because as a screenplay writer, there's a little creedy. It goes it goes. You have you have the first ten pages to set up everything that you want to everything that you want to tell. Yeah. In your script. Yeah. And if you don't set it up within the first ten pages. Yeah. You're fucked. I I thought I thought that the writers the writers wasted no time with this. They set it up right away and they just said go. And yeah. I I love that. Yeah, because by minute 7 of the movie they're in the jungle already. So they yeah. did it. So well within 10 it's pages, they they set up the characters, they set up the mission, they set up the uh, you know, the space thing with the escape pod which you, you don't know what it is yet. Like they set up they set up everything. So the next scene is they are the boys are in the helicopter and they're headed to the jungle. And one of the best songs, um, "Long Tall Sally" by Little Richard, which I used to have as my ringtone because I loved it so much, is is playing in the background. And there's just banter with the boy. Look, this is a boy movie. It is a very very masculine boy movie, which is why I don't know why it appealed to me so much. I don't know many females that love this movie, but I know a lot of guys. That love it because it's it's just you've got you've got all these commandos who and they're as big as a house. There's not one of them that's like scrawny. Do you know what I mean? They're all even no. even Hawkins is like a big guy, which you don't really see. But they're all big buff dudes in the jungle with like semi-automatics and like mini mini machine guns and shit. <laughs> it's very very masculine. And there is a joke. There's two jokes which I am going to tell. <laughs> so if you do not do, if you do not like the p word. Then fucking switch, this, switch off now because I don't even give a shit about Do triggering it. any fucking snowflakes. Hawkins. Do it. Hawkins is looking at Billy. Billy is um he's like the I think he's na- is he Native American? Billy? Uh is his yeah, is he? Indian? He might be he might be he's Native Indian. American. Anyway. I think so he's, he's the quiet. Billy's one of my favorite characters because he's kind of quiet, but he kind of susses out. He knows what's going on. He's, so Hawkins. He's yeah. a tracker. Yeah, he's a tracker. So Hawkins is is he's he's the geeky guy. He's got these big oversized glasses on, and he looks at and he just wants By to make way, Billy. Yeah, Hawkins is actually 
Writer, director, writer, director, Shane Black, actually. I knew you were going to bring that up, which is why I didn't have it in my trivia, because I, I thought throughout this hour, he's going to fucking bring up that Hawkins <laughs> is Shane Black. Who is Shane Black? Shane Black wrote uh, Lethal Weapon. Like He's a great screenwriter. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Yeah, yeah, and actually, while they were filming Predator, he was writing The Last Boy Scout, so there you go. Really? He was. Wow, awesome. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So uh, Hawkins tells Billy a joke. This is the joke. I told my girlfriend I could use a little pussy. She said, me too. Mine's as big as a house. <laughs> and Billy just Billy just looks at him, does not even fucking crack a smile. <laughs> and Hawkins like, big as a big as a house. Like he's trying to like he's trying to get him to laugh. And yeah. Billy's just yeah. like, mm, this guy. He just looks at him like, you're a fucking idiot. You are actually a fucking twat. <laughs> <laughs> so that's 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 the first joke. It's it's I'd like I said it's a boy movie, right? But like, you know, if you're a girl and you get offended by that, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. So anyway, there's that banter and then Dylan tells Dutch there's no backup team. So backup team because they're kind of crossing the border and they're not supposed to, so they're not supposed to have like US kind of hawks in the air. And they said once we land, we're on our own. That's it. And that's a great setup point because now you know they can't call for help. They're completely isolated from everything and everyone. So if any of them are going to get out of there, they have to do it. Help is not coming. What do you reckon? Yeah, um, that that piece of dialogue is extremely important because it, it, it also tells you that it's a it's a black bag operation. That means it's a it's basically a suicide mission. So basically, like Dean just hinted at, if they fuck up, nobody's coming for them. So that so that heightens the tension tenfold. But if I just could for one minute um, say just uh, one little thing. I love the way that John McTiernan handles the direction in the chopper mm. because you, you find out everything you need to know about all of the people on Dutch's team by just a look or, 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 or a couple lines of dialogue. Like, like Dean just mentioned the, uh, the joke that Hawk told Billy. So right there, you understand everything you need to, everything you need to know about Billy and Hawk. So now the team is in the jungle and we come across, or they come across a wreckage of a helicopter. No, not Hawkins. Poncho goes up and he has a look and then Dylan goes up and in the, yeah, the pilot is dead. He's still strapped in. He's dead. Poncho goes to Dutch because Dutch is the major. Dutch is the team leader. He says to him that, it looks like the helicopter got hit with a heat-seeking missile. Billy informs Dutch. Billy comes up to him and he informs Dutch that there were six U.S. military men who followed the gorillas. Now, just for people who don't know the name, I'm going to say gorillas a lot. It's not the animal gorillas. Gorillas are like it, like an no. independent faction that go off and do their own fucking thing, right? So they're they're an independent faction um, who followed the gorillas, um, who kidnapped the two other men that they're looking for because Billy's, like you said, Billy is the tracker. And then Dutch asks Dylan who who they are and Dylan says probably rebel faction. So Dutch is kind of suspicious at this point with Dylan because he's basically saying who are these other military men that are here? Nobody else is supposed to be here. And Dylan's, you know, spoiler alert, Dylan's lying. He's like, I don't know who they are. I have no idea who they are. Probably a rebel faction. And Dutch is like, Dutch is not stupid. He's not. He's just like not taking this shit anymore. He's like, mm, okay. Also, also, also worth mentioning, Dylan is a member of this a member of the CIA. And if there's one thing that you guys can take to the bank uh, in any popular media, the CIA 
is not to be trusted. Yeah. So um. So anyway, Dutch is a, is suspicious of him because he he looks at Dylan and he goes, "Heat seeking weapon. That's pretty advanced for like a guerrilla group." He's like, "Oh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they've got this. You know, he's just bullshitting." And Dutch is just like, "Fucking bullshit artist." Anyway, that's that scene. Great setup, I think, because. They're in because this movie is called Predator, but they they are there for a mission. It's got nothing to do with the Predator. It's got to do with they're in there. They have to rescue these two people and they have to track them to see where they went. And now Dutch knows there's other military people there. Why are they there? Why is the helicopter shot down? Like there's it, this whole situation is suspicious. But this whole situation has nothing to do with the Predator. <laughs> with the Predator, <laughs> there's like two different stories got lines going on. Anyway, that was that scene. Do you have anything else further to add to that? Yeah, I do. Um, the one thing, the the one thing that I, the one thing that I really, really liked about this, the uh, the the start of this movie, once they land in the jungle and they find the plane, and you know, Dutch starts to suspect that Dylan is not being upfront with him as to as to the reason of them being there in the first place. This movie, for it's it it's like this movie is 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 cut up into two giant giant cakes the first part is is the team is there for to to rescue uh uh uh, this group of people but once but once we find out that the once we find out that the real reason why the team is there the movie shifts into what it was supposed to be so i really appreciated that the writers presented us with this with this thing that with this thing that the team had to do but after we found out that the thing that the team had to do isn't what they were really there for in the first place, then we kind of pivoted to the predator stuff. So I, so I, I did, did, I did appreciate that pivot that the writer showed us one thing, but then we pivoted to something else in the second half of the movie. Yeah, the first half is different to to the second half, but they go together, so it's not it's not it doesn't completely take you out of it. So now Billy no, is Billy is tracking the footprints when he turns and he kind of he's got this sixth sense where he he does it a few times in the movie. He moves the brush behind him and sees three hanging skinned bodies in the trees. And FYI, that was my favorite part when I was 7, <laughs> the skinned bodies. <laughs> I think I'm. I think I may need some you know, sort of medication. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he sees the skin bodies and he grabs the dog tags and they reveal and it reveals that these boys were green beret. And now Dutch asks Dylan, "What the hell were green beret doing here?" And Dylan's like, "Oh, I, I don't know. I've, I've no idea what they were doing here." And like Dutch is like, "Oh, you could you lying his face. sack of shit." Yeah, you're such a lying sack of shit. So Dutch sees Billy kind of studying the jungle. And Billy says that there was a firefight and they were firing in all directions. And Dutch says, well, he can't believe that trained Green Berets would just walk into an ambush like that. And Billy says they didn't because he can't find a single track by any gorilla. And so that right there is setting up the Predator storyline. Just that little thing sets it up. So what do you reckon before we we move on to the next thing? I I absolutely love I absolutely love this sequence because first of all, um even today when I was watching the scene and you see Billy uh you see the tracker guy Billy rummaging through the forest and as he clears the leaves, you see the skin bodies of the green furry. Guys, I I jumped out of my fucking seat when I saw that today and I knew that was coming. 
so so i so so i think the i think the 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 makeup by the makeup department in this movie which is which is done by stan winston you know rest in peace he was a great uh makeup guy he he did eyes uh, he was just so great um but also i also like dean just said i really like that little tiny lines like that really set up the predator and really tell the audience that there's something else going on here that we don't that we don't fully know or understand yet. So I thought that I thought that the scene was very, very economical. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it, yeah, like I said, it, it's, it, it sets up what's, what's to come. So now, now listen, if you haven't, if you're sitting in the cinema and you have no fucking idea what this movie is and you don't know what the predator is, the next scene will be a bit kind of weird for you because now we cut to what I like to call predator vision. Or his thermal heat mission, heat heat vision, or thermal vision, but I call it predator vision. And I can imagine people sitting in the cinema going, "What the fuck? Like, what what is this? Because it's just such a weird technique to use in a movie, unless unless you're watching a military movie and they're using thermal glass goggles or whatever it is. It's just weird. He's it's it's from his POV and he's watching them. If we if you don't know what the predator is, it's something is watching the team. And we cut back and forth between Predator Vision and the team making their way through the jungle. And what that scene shows is he's following them. So it doesn't, nothing nothing needs to be said in that scene. It does everything it needs to do. Something is watching them. Something has heat vision and it's keeping up with them and they don't know that it's following them. So it's very, very quiet and I love it. It's, it's subtle, but if you kind of pick up on it, it's, really really like done really well that that ladies and gentlemen is the perfect kind of storytelling that is show don't tell so basically what the predator is doing is he is he is hunting his prey or stalking his prey so mm. i don't so so i don't have much to say I, I don't have much else to say about this because i thought that dean put it very very well so now the team reaches the gorillas camp and they see well, Dutch sees them kill one of the hostages and he's like, all right, well, that's that's one of them. That's down. And then he advises some of his team to basically Assassin's Creed style, which is stealthily take out the guards on the perimeter. Then Dutch sees uh, like an old car that's 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 like levered on bricks and then he basically puts an explosion in the back and kind of like pushes it forward. And anyway, they bust in and basically take them all out. There's a lot of guys. There's fucking explosions going on everywhere and we still at this point don't know what's going on. And then Mac, one of the boys, informs them that the other hostage is dead and he was CIA. And the men were Russian operatives. And now Dutch is like, okay, what the fuck is going on? So Dutch confronts Dylan and Dylan says that their true mission was to stop a planned Soviet-backed mission and the Green Berets were sent in to do it. They went dark, so Dutch and his men were sent in. And Dutch is pissed off. He's like, this is not what, like, this. why are you lying to me? Like, this is not what we do. We are not. Like we're not spies. We we're not. We don't do this. And Dylan was basically like, if I told you what it was, you wouldn't have done it. And I need you because no, again, you're the best. No, didn't he say that? They, didn't he say that they're not killers? That they're that that they were a rescue team? Yeah, or but, something. Of no, that? I don't think he. I don't think he said that because they went in, they killed everybody. Right. Right. No. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So I think that. But was the other, really yeah. 
The other thing is that he was misled, so how could he have known what he was there for? He was lied to in the first place anyway. But that's the point. That's why he was pissed, because he was right. lied to. Right, that's the point. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm going around in circles now. I'm sorry. And we go around in circles. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Guys, 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 Yay, guys, guys, just to make something clear, Dean is a smart one in this, in this combo. <laughs> I just wait for him to stop talking, to realize what he's done, and to make a U-turn. Yeah. And he does. He does. So they find uh, a woman who I, – I, was she a hostage at the camp or was uh, she yes. working – she was because I don't think she was working with them. No, 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 no. She was a, she was a hostage, I believe. Right. So they find a woman and basically they're like, well, we can't, they, we, they can't leave her there. So they take her with them. Now, here comes the second joke. Yeah. Are you ready? The second joke that Hawkins tells, yes. he really wants to get Billy to laugh, right? So everything's blown up. Billy's Billy's like looking around. They they've got the woman, they're about to head out, and Hawkins goes up to to Billy and he says, "The other day, again, if you're going to be triggered by this, fucking fuck off. <laughs> I can't deal with you. I cannot deal with people like that. Fuck off." So he goes, "The other day I was going down on my girlfriend and I said to her, "Jeez, you got a big pussy." Jeez, you got a big pussy. And she said, why'd you say that twice? And I said, I didn't. And he looks he looks at Billy and he waits and <laughs> Billy looks at him and Hawkins walks away. And as soon as Hawkins walks away, Billy just pisses himself laughing. He fucking pisses himself. But, but I love this scene because aside from the joke, it served a purpose. Because that purpose, when Billy laughed, now we switch to Predator Vision and the Predator is watching him laugh and he's picking up his laugh and then he's replaying it back. So it's like he's recording He's recording everything. He can re- record voices and sounds and stuff. So you get, you're like, oh, what the fuck is this? Like, who is this? What is this? And yeah, so he, he records everything and then he starts playing it back and then his hand comes into view and it looks human. And you're like, what is this? But it's not. <laughs> no, but it's not. But anyway, that was that. You know, but also, also, I also I was really happy that Hawkins got got a chance to fulfill his character, <laughs> yeah. his character's wants in this um, in this film. Because listen, all his character wants to do is make his fellow team member laugh. Yeah. And after telling two stories about pussy. He did it. Yeah, he did. And it was just great. But also, but also I really like that once Billy laughs and when it switches back to the predator, uh predator vision, as you so well put it, mm. uh, we find out that the that the predator can record stuff and and, mm. and he can sort of keep stuff, right? Yeah. I was like, I wonder why because because John McTiernan did something very interesting when the predator was recording Billy's laugh. He focused in like like he did a like he did a crash zoom on the on the on the on 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 Billy's body, right? In in predator vision. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder is he gonna are they gonna bring this back later? So I was like, this has to be a hat on the ground. Yeah, it does. It comes back. So yeah. moving on. So so they're making their way through through the jungle and Billy is ahead of them and he stops. And the rest of the team are kind of because he's the tracker, so he's ahead of them, and he stops. And he's he's been standing there for a, a few minutes. Dutch goes up to him and he asks him. He said, "What's going on?" And Billy says, "There's something in those trees." And Dutch looks and he doesn't 
see anything. And then the woman hostage kind of makes a run for it. It's This is another great scene because she's running through the jungle. Uh, I, I, I can't remember which one of the boys is running after her. But we track the the, the run through Predator. It's Hawk. Through, it's Hawkins. So through Predator Vision. And I love it because they're running and he's keeping pace very, very easily through the – because he's above yep. them, right? He's not even sweating. He's not even sweating. And you're like, oh, so not only not only can he keep up with them when they're walking, but when they're running, he can keep pace and they don't even know he's there. So not yet. they can't hear him. They can't. There's nothing. No, of course not. Which I thought was like so great. So Hawkins, you're right, Hawkins catches her and then we hear the iconic Predator – noise and then he turns to see a uh, hawkins turns to see like a a a translucent uh see-through like humanoid figure yeah who who basically kills him and then drags his body away, sparing the girl. And there's blood all over the girl. And then Poncho comes and follows the blood trail to basically a pool of, of intestines. So what do you think? I thought that scene was very, very cool for two reasons. Because number one, when the girl runs away from our team, uh, uh, um, we tell we can tell right away, like Dean just said, the predator can keep up with them. Not only when they're walking, but when they're running. The guys are asking the girl, what happened? And she just looks fucking like traumatized. Like she just, and she says the jungle came alive and took him. And the boys are just like, ah, for fuck's sake. Like, she's just like, we don't know what she saw. Well, we do, but they don't. Can I just say, can I, can I just, can I just uh, drop in just, uh, just one note? I kind of, I kind of have a problem with the way that they translated this, this woman's Spanish, because I'm like, I knew you would. She didn't say that. I knew you that's would. That's not. That's not. That's not what she said. Okay. 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 So this is really, really interesting. What did she say? Because you, because for all our listeners, Marcelo speaks, understands Spanish. He, he's Spanish. So, well, Chilean, but you know, yeah, language. No, I, what did I, she I, say? I, 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 well, she basically said, you know, you, you know, the force came alive and it took him. But what? But what the? But what the? Um, what the soldier guy said was the forest came alive and it took him, but he added a bunch of words that she didn't say. Um, I think he was just trying to explain it to the boys. Right. I think that's right, what, right, like, right. She, like she would have said the jungle came alive and took him, but then he just would have tried to explain that further. Right, 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 right. Right. So the translation was correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I thought this was going to be a whole thing. Like, oh, my God, she didn't say that. And it's just nothing. It's a whole bunch of fucking nothing. Marcelo, it's fucking nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, 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 guys. In this episode, it's becoming clear. I'm fucking useless on this show. (laughs) Do you know something? But it makes for good uh, commentary, though. Isn't it funny? I'm fucking useless. Oh, no, yes. no, you're not. You're not useless. I mean, you are, but you're mm. not. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you're not. You're not. So Dutch oh. and the team start searching for Hawkins' body. And the camera pans up and up and up and up and up. And it's like it, it, it keeps going up this tree that's literally like it's got to be at least fucking 30 feet high. And his body is there hanging. And the tree is so high that no person could drag like a massive, massive six point six foot whatever 
muscly guy up that high. And so just by that shot, you know, it, it whatever it is, it's probably not human. So I, I just love that shot. Yeah, no, Um, just real quickly. That's my favorite shot of the movie. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Anything that, else to no, say yeah. about that before I move on to the next thing? Uh, uh, no, go ahead, move on. All right. So now Blaine, who's played by uh, Jesse Ventura, is looking around for, for Hawkins' body because they don't know it's there. We know it's there. They don't know it's there. When he looks, oh, can I, yeah, 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 yeah. Can, can I can I jump in just for a second? Yes, I love the I love the fact that Blaine has a has a shirt that has the MTV logo on. Oh yeah, <laughs> off he go. Yeah, that's awesome. So he's looking for Hawkins' body when what looks like a heat seeking missile, which we now know is the Predator's plasma missile, hits him in the back and basically goes straight through him like this is massive hole. Max sees this. He sees Blaine go down. He sees the translucent humanoid or predator, as we know him as. Blaine goes, uh, sorry, Mac goes nuts and starts firing at yeah. it. And then they all, and then they all start firing into the jungle. They don't know what they're. They're all got so massive. I, it's so stupid. I know. I know. I was thinking. Oh my so god! Why, why? So they're all no. firing these massive semi-automatics in one direction. <laughs> they don't know what they're firing at. They're just firing because fucking Mac fired. And I'm like, I don't know if they would. I don't know if the military guys would do that. I don't know. Don't quote me. I don't know. And so, no, no the other, I mean, I, I'm, I, I know I'm sorry if I just could just one second. Yeah. The other thing, the other thing that I kind of didn't like about this movie is two things. Yeah. I don't like the thing that Dean is talking about right now. Cause mm-hmm. when, when you're in combat, look, I look, I've, I've, look, I, I've never been a member of the American military, but I, I have people in my family who have served. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 those family members love this movie by the way mm. um so yeah when, when you're in combat with a fellow soldier and that fellow soldier either gets hurt or dies you do not automatically lose it you try and keep it together so you can get out of the situation that you're in yeah and grieve later yeah but the way that the way that mac reacted he just sort of went nuts and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, a soldier, a soldier wouldn't react like that. And the, the other thing is that the other thing that really bothered me, that really bugged me, was if you notice all these elite soldiers, none of them have any body armor on. I'm like, why are you guys not wearing? Bo- I mean, listen, listen. I know it's 1987 at the, at this point, but I'm like, even even in 1987, they they had to have like a version. What what's what's Kevlar what body armor? Like a bulletproof like, vest? Like, like, no, 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 no. But I, no, but listen, uh, listen, I, listen. I know that a bulletproof vest and Kevlar wouldn't do jack shit against a predator. But I'm just saying, for safety purposes, it would be nice to see them with like Kevlar. Yeah, but they're like a rescue that. team. They're going in. They didn't realize any of this shit would happen. They and they're good at what they do. So and they are good because when they went into that camp with the gorillas, not one of them got no, hit. Yeah. They, no, no, they, no. I know, but uh, Jesse did, if, if I'm not mistaken. Did he get? Oh, he might have get, got hit in the arm. Oh, that, that's when he yeah, goes. Yeah, he got time to bleed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, also, I also I do want to mention one other thing. Mm. Um, Max' reaction to the death of uh, Jesse the Body Ventura is very, very emotional, and he's the one that feels it the most. Yeah. And the reason that he's the one that feels it the most is that uh, a couple moments before this happens, they have a really, really short scene. That implies that they're like best friends. Hmm. Yeah. And so, 
So it was so it was really good. It was really good storytelling and efficient storytelling that the writers gave us a little bit about a little bit about their relationship, and then a scene or two later, they kill one of them. Yeah. So the way that Mac, so the way that Mac reacts, totally, totally tracks because you saw that little short scene just a couple seconds ago or, or yeah. a couple scenes ago. Yeah, I mean, like it's his best friend that just got killed. So like I would go ape shit too. Right. It doesn't matter how much military training you have, you're gonna go ape shit. Right. So and they've, yeah, they've been working together for the, well, they're best friends. So I do understand why he did that. So anyway, they're shooting a lot, and it's a long scene, and then they stop, and then Dutch asks Mac, "What the hell did you see?" And Mac says something, and he's traumatized to every anybody that sees his predator is fucking traumatized. And then Poncho Poncho is running around, then he runs back and he steps in and he says, "There's no blood, no bodies. We hit nothing." And Dutch is like <laughs> looking so at everyone, great. like, "How did we that not is, hit anything?" That is so great. I'm sorry, that's then, so great. Yeah, there's so there's such good dialogue in these movies. There's there's certain lines where so you just good. go, "Oh so my good. god!" It's just iconic lines. And so yeah, it's like it's like it's like it's like I'm sorry. It's like I ain't got time to bleed. Mm. It's just so great. I'm sorry. Yeah. So the girl. So they they walk away. So well, they they keep making their way through the jungle. And the girl, the hostage, sees this green substance on some leaves. And, well, we know what that is. That's the predator's blood. But watching this in the cinema for the first time, you don't know what the fuck it is. But anyway, that's, that, that is that scene. So do you have any more to say on that? No, go right ahead. All right. So now the team are, settle- are setting up a perimeter system because they want to get some rest. And it's basically it's tripwires to let them know if anything comes near them. And there's a nice there's a nice moment where Mac because but Blaine's body is there where Mac uh, says goodbye to Blaine and it's a really really nice touching moment and he puts his little hip flask on his on his mouth and and then covers him back up so anything to say about that no no I think that no I think that's a very 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 uh, short very sweet scene it also really emphasizes again the connection between these two men so I so let's listen mm. of of. Uh, of 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 all the of, of all the the soldiers in this movie, the ones the the ones that I got attached to the most are uh, are are Mac and um, and Jesse the Body Ventura's character because because I because I really think that the writers went out of their way to sort of show the connection between those two rather than rather than they seem to me like. Um, they they were the they were the two that got the most character development out of any of them besides Dutch and um and um oh mm-hmm. my god what what's his name Carl's Carl was his character yes other than other than Dutch and Dylan uh Mac and Jesse the Body Ventura's character got the most meat so to speak mm-hmm. and I, I I just love these these three emotional scenes that they had to imply that these guys really, really love each other and they were best friends. Yes, I agree. So the next scene is finally we kind Yes. I'm sorry. One more thing. I love it when Mac starts talking to the moon. Oh, yeah, when he's when he's kind of gone nutsoville. <laughs> yeah, it starts talking right. to the moon. Right, right. Yeah, he literally starts talking to himself. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> off you go. Yeah. Off you go. So finally, the next scene, we kind of see what the predator looks like out of his translucent state because he's injured. 
And we now know that the green substance is his blood. And so he's got kind of like an alien first aid kit that that's on his suit and he's patching himself up. It's he, he puts, I don't know what he, I don't know what he does. He presses down on his, his, his thing and it clearly hurts him. (laughs) And he just roars. He has this roar that just echoes through the jungle. And then you cut back to the team and the girl and Billy hear it. And they're just, and nobody else hears it. They hear it. And it's just like, and then, and I think that's it. It's at that point Billy goes, okay, he's thinking, this is not a human yell. This is not human. This is not an animal. I don't know what that is, but I, I, I loved it. It was the first time you kind of, not the predator in full view, but you saw a little bit of him out of his translucent state, which I really liked. Yeah, I, you know, I really, I really like the fact that, you know, the predator can get injured. And also I like, I love the fact that he had like a little first aid kick, uh, that he had a little first aid kit. Mm. And I love the fact that uh, when he was trying to seal his wound, he, he yelled out in Terra. And when he yelled it in Terra, only two members of our, of our, of our, of our team could hear the yell. And I love the fact that one of them, was Billy because Billy seems to be a man of faith and a man of belief where the others does where the others are not. Mm. And I think that will come into play a little bit later on as he goes further for as 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 Billy goes further and further into uh Nutsoville, so to speak. So now the team is assessing the situation and Poncho asks the girl again because Dutch is like, ask her what she knows. And so he's asking her again, what does she knows? And he just says, she just says the same fucking thing. The jungle came alive and took him. And the boys are just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, what does that even like mean? She just, she, she has no, because she has no other way of describing it. She's only seen the translucent predator. So it does look like the jungle came alive and, uh, and, and took him. And Poncho asks, and this is another one of my favorite. This is probably my favorite line of dialogue. He's he asks Billy, he goes, Billy, I know you know something. What do you know? And Billy says, I'm afraid. And Poncho says, You ain't afraid of no man. And Billy replies with There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. And I was like, Ooh, gives me chills every time. Gives me chills. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. what say you? Yeah, yeah. Now is your favorite scene where Mac is going nuts. He's talking to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's, talking, he's talking to the moon. And when the perimeter line goes off. And so the team scramble to see what the fuck crossed it. And the, the editing's really cool because you can't really see what it is. At first you're like, is it the predator? Is it not the predator? And then you kind of see it's, it's, a, it's a wild ball. And it's big too. And then Mac jumps on it and starts stabbing it and stabbing it and stabbing it and stabbing it. And then all the boys come up and they're kind of standing on a ridge looking down on Mac that's stabbed this this boar. And Mac didn't know what it was because it's they're in pitch black. And when they shine the light on him and the boar, he looks down at it. And I love this line. And Poncho looks at him deadpan and goes, do you think you could have found something bigger? And then the boys start pissing themselves <laughs> laughing. And Mac's like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> Typical boy banter. And I just, I love it. And then they notice, which was the point, Blaine's body has been taken. So what has happened in that scene is the predator has actually seen the tripwires. 
he's basically ushered in a boar to trip them to to as a um what is it as a distraction uh, exactly as a distraction so he could take Blaine's body which I thought was really so that was not enough there's a, there's there's no nothing scenes in this movie every single scene no. uh, there's a point so what say you you know I mean uh, just to just to just to you know just to do a do do a remix of this the, of uh, of the scene that Dean just described do a remix every <laughs> I love that yeah just uh, do do a remix I love that every yeah every every single thing that happens in this movie from a story perspective is paid off in a satisfying way later on so guys we've been saying it you know uh, uh since day one on this show if you look uh, uh the way to write a proper screenplay is to set things up and pay them off in a satisfying way later on and this in this film from a writing aspect from a story aspect is batting pretty much about 90% mm. uh other than that stupid dumb scene in the forest with our boy shooting at nothing <laughs> yeah. yeah so the next morning they're walking around and they're wondering how the hell Blaine's body was taken and Dutch is keeps thinking like how the hell does this guy keep getting past them like there's no way it's these not are trained exactly these are trained military men. Like there's no way anybody could even fucking creep past them, especially with Billy there. And then Dutch looks up and he says, It's using the trees. And it's like, ooh, gives me shivers. It's like, yep, it's using the trees. Because we know that. And again, it, that's my favorite thing in movies. But they don't when we know yeah, when we know something that they don't, and then they find out, it's like, yep, we already knew. So I, I love it when she just looks up, he's using the trees. And they still don't know what it is. They still think it's like, oh, dude. So Dutch asks the girl again. He grabs her. He's fucking pissed. He grabs her and he says, what the fuck is this thing? And Dylan's like, you're wasting your time. She doesn't speak English. And then she starts to speak English. And she tells him it uses the jungle and changes color. Then she says, you must have wounded it. Its blood was on the leaves. And then he's the other iconic line where Dutch says, if it bleeds, we can kill it. You can kill it. So <laughs> what's it? I, I, I really, really, really like throughout, throughout this movie how in denial um, um, sort, of, sort of Dutch and Dylan is. Dylan specifically because as the movie goes along and as uh, members of our team get, you know, knocked off here by the Predator Dylan keeps denying that, oh, no, it has to be two or three guys. This cannot be done by one person. And I also really, really love that Dylan uh, Dylan underestimates the, the intelligence of his captive that he's got, the girl. Because this because the second that the second that the girl starts speaking English to Dutch and she sort of, uh, uh, you know, sort of like re-explains uh, what she saw when it killed Hawk, I was like, this, this motherfucker, this, this girl has been playing all of you for a fool because she could actually speak English, but she chose not to do that because she fucking hates these guys. Yeah. We do that as women. We play men for fools. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, I don't look, I don't, um, I don't think that she was, she was, uh, well, obviously she was doing it on purpose, but you know how how would they know that she could speak English? She's she's in Central American jungle. Like where would she have no like learnt? Like she well, she no. purposely didn't speak English because she didn't want them to know. She wanted she was playing dumb. 
Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but here's another question: Where did she learn to speak English? Well, the thing is, we don't know anything about her character. That's the thing. She didn't. She doesn't yeah, yeah, live no, in but, the jungle. She was just there. We don't even know why she was there. Yeah, but no, but no, but no, but that's, that that brings up another interesting point that I want to ask you. Do you think that this character, her as a character, she's really Finn. So do you think her as a character really worked? Do you think that she served her purpose? Because I thought, because I thought that she could have been given a lot more to do. No, and I the think fact that she no, I think that she had a purpose. I think that they needed to bring some estrogen in it because there's there's there. It's all boys. They needed to bring yeah, no, a girl into it that there, the boys. No, too many. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you don't like this. There were too many dicks flying around. Well, it was, it was. There was too many. There was, there was too much testosterone. But also, what it did is it showed a vulnerable side of the boys because at this point they're telling pussy jokes. You know, they're they've got guns. They're shooting things. They've got big muscles. But as soon as she comes into it, about a couple of scenes into that, it shows them being down. vulnerable because they protect her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it shows another side to them. So they're not just all butch and just like military men. It's like there's there's a delicate woman that's come into it now and they don't touch her. They don't do anything to her. They don't try and, you know, do other shit to her. They, they, they're taking them with her and by the end of it, they're actually trying to protect her. Dutch actually tries to protect her. At the end, he's like, yeah, go, you make does. it, you make, you know. So it shows a vulnerability. So that's why she was there. Even though we don't know anything about her, she was there to enhance the characterization of the boys in the film, I think. She was there to make them to make them more sympathetic, like you said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, yeah, I mean just just one more thing then and and then you can get on go on with it. But I was like, but but still, I would have appreciated just a little bit more, just a tiny bit more, that's all. Yeah, no, I didn't really I didn't really care that much. Okay. But anyway, the next scene okay. is it's basically a montage scene of them making traps to catch it. On the on cool. on the ground in, in the trees because Dutch realizes he can see the tripwires. So now we have to do old school boy scout shit. And even Dylan says you think this boy scout shit's going to work? <laughs> and it kind of does work, but oh my god, this scene, first of all, they've all got to get their kit off because they're all big muscly guys and you know what? They they want to show it off. And they're like there's one scene in this montage where they're like, they've tied a rope around a tree and they're like pulling this like five, six guys, big, huge, muscly guys, like pulling this tree, like bending it. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like it, it's basically a montage of muscly men doing muscly things, <laughs> but they must do it because that's the movie. Yeah. Um, I only have one thing to say about this. It was, it was, it, it was a Rocky montage in the forest, but on no, you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So moving on, they're setting the traps and they're they're hiding because at this point they still don't know what it is and they don't know that it can see them with its heat vision, which totally hiding doesn't doesn't matter what they're hiding behind. It does, it's not going to work. So no, it's not going to matter. No, but they don't know this, but we do. So we know no, what, no matter what they do, they're fucked. Dutch is sitting next to the girl and they're they're hiding. And the girl tells a story of when it's hot and they would find men without their skin. And they would call it the demon who makes trophies of man. So she she has kind of heard stories of the predator before in her village and around the jungle, but she's never actually seen it. She just says when it grows hot in the summer, it comes out and basically it hunts. It hunts men. And Dutch is sitting there and he's, she's, he's looking at her like, what? I hope that what she's saying is bullshit. <laughs> 
because <laughs> it's not, but I, I think he's hoping that it is. So nothing's happening. And Dutch is like, fuck. So he gets, he gets up and he walks out into the, to the open where all the traps are. And he, he's stepping over all the trip wires and it's all, and I love this bit. It's all silent. And he's like, okay, well, I guess there's nothing there. And he turns. And as soon as he turns, there, there is a huge net that comes up behind him. So the predator was actually behind him, but he didn't know, obviously, because they can't see it, but was trapped, kicked a tripwire and got trapped in a huge net and he's lifted up into the air. And But we don't see it because it's his translucent, but we know he's in there now. The predator starts freaking the fuck out, starts shooting its mini missiles anywhere and everywhere to kind of try and escape this net that it's in so it does and then you see it jumping from one tree to the next tree and then it stops and I love this shot that the director uses it stops and then it swings around and then his camouflage thing is kind of malfunctioning and then you see him in his entirety and he's got like these dreadlocks that are hanging down you're like oh that's cool and Dylan sees it and is like what the fuck and then Mac because Mac's gone crazy runs after it and because because he's fucking just lost it. He's lost it. And Dylan runs after him, trying to get him back. And then Poncho gets hit in the ribs by a tree log that was supposed to be for the predator, but the but the, the because the boys are running around everywhere, they're tripping all the things. The log hits Poncho straight in the ribs and like he goes flying back. And now he's just like fucking severely injured. And that's that scene. Yeah, I really, really love this scene, but I got a problem with it. Oh yeah, what is it? I got a huge problem. How how could the predator be that stupid? Like the predator can't. The predator sees in heat vision. So heat vision? the trip okay. wires that they had when the when the when the boar got in it was that it was okay. electrical, so he could see it. But nets and ropes, he, he can't, can't see. see. He can't see. That's what the problem okay. was, and that's why. That's why Dutch says he could see the tripwires, but he won't be able to see. Oh, okay. He didn't know he he didn't know he doesn't know he can see in heat vision, but he knows that he could see the electrical shit. So maybe if they went old school, he wouldn't be able to see it. That's my thinking. Oh, oh okay, okay. I will. I I I will definitely accept that. The other thing, the the other thing that I really like about the scene is that this is a scene where 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 uh, Dylan really 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 gets proven wrong mm. that it wasn't a group of men chasing them and killing them off that in fact it's this big alien thing and i really like the fact that dylan in an effort to redeem him as to, to redeem himself as a character goes after mac who has now lost his fucking mind yeah and it's after the predator but also just just one more note on dylan i don't like him as a character in this movie at all because i find him to mm. be an irredeemable son of a bitch liar yeah although although i do love carl weathers i don't like the character he plays at all because I, I i don't find him redeemable in any sense of the word no. and this final act that he does going after going after mac who again has lost his marbles is is not enough of a redemption arc for him for me to uh, come around on him as a character yeah that's true so dylan runs after mac he catches up to him and they still don't realize they still don't know it's can see in heat vision because mac sees dylan pulls him in and dylan and sorry mac is hiding kind of under, under a tree trunk and then he he points to the trees 
and he's like up there and you can see predator is like translucent again they don't know he can see in heat vision so dylan goes off fucking half cocked oh sorry mac does mac goes off half cocked and he's he's He's, he's trying to shoot him. He's trying to shoot the predator. And so he's crawling under an open tree trunk. Again, doesn't realize the predator Not can see work. him in heat vision. <laughs> and he's trying, to, he's trying to surprise it. He goes, oh, I'll come up behind him. I'll surprise him. And then you see the Uh-oh. predator's little missile targeting laser system Ding. on his arm. And it's like, oh, shit. And then, he, and then he kind Boom. of looks up and it points him in the head and he just fucking blows his fucking head off. <laughs> that's the best end of kill in the movie. That's the end of no, 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 I lie. The best kill is coming up. But um, I love that scene. Off you go. It's a it's a little scene, and I feel like it was so flippant, but it's such a big story in the rest of the movies. I don't know if they thought that they were gonna make movies, but Dutch realizes he says the reason he didn't kill you, which he's talking to the girl, is because you were unarmed. So, but that's a huge plot point in all of the movies, all of the movies, because yeah, the predator yeah. is a hunter. He doesn't just kill random people. He kills when he thinks he's being threatened. And that's a huge, oh, no, but huge also, story thing. You know, but you know, but you're, you're right. That's a huge story point that the predator, the predator does not attack people that are unarmed. But that's why Dutch loses his fucking mind yeah. when the girl picks up a weapon a little bit, a, 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 you know, oh, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a couple of scenes later yeah and shoots at the fucking thing and he says no yeah because because he realizes when the girl shoots at the predator that gives the predator car blanche to come after her now yeah exactly exactly so dylan is looking for mac he's I like just, yeah just just real quickly one thing why do you why do you think the writers put such an important piece of information uh, uh that flippantly into like do, do you think they just didn't think about it I don't think they knew it was going to spawn 50 fucking sequels and that was going to be a big part of the story. I just, you know, I don't think that they did. They were just like, oh, yeah, let's just put this in. Oh, okay. So Dylan is searching for Mac. He doesn't know his head's been fucking blown off. And then he sees him and he's like, oh, shit. And then he sees the Predator and he's like, oh, shit. And then he raises his gun and the Predator's like, yeah, you're not going to do that. (laughs) And has his little missile thing and basically takes his arm fucking clean off. And... It's look, it's not in my Blu-ray version, but there is a version of the movie that I watched when I was a kid. I think they re-edited it. But in that scene where his arm gets taken off and there's a there's a there's a wide shot of uh Carl Weathers and he's turning around after his arm's been shot, and you can see that his arm is behind his back. <laughs> I don't think they I don't think they caught that, but and I and I always went, oh. That's really taking me out of it because his his arm is clearly behind his back to give the illusion that his arm's been taken off. But I think they re-edited it because they realized it was bad editing to begin with. But anyway, that's that scene. And he gets dead. Predator kills him. Dead, dead. Actually, when I watched when I watched this movie on 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 HBO, because I refuse to call it Max, I uh I I I really, really love that scene because uh, again, I didn't like the character. Of Dylan, I thought that he was an irredeemable son of a bitch. So for the predator to chop off his arm, then then kill him, I thought was awesome. And I, uh, in in my version of the film, mm. uh, it, it was probably the edited version where you didn't see Carl's we- Carl Weathers whole, uh, with his hand behind his back because yeah, I I didn't see that. Also, it was probably the re-edited version where they fixed that. Yep, yep. 
So now Billy. Billy, weirdly enough, Billy is actually my favorite character. And he doesn't even but say the, much. Uh, but he's my favorite. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna we're, we're we're gonna get to one of the most dumb part dumb parts of the movie. So Billy decides, is this the part where he decides to I wait? Hated this. So they're running through the yeah, okay. so, why? Okay, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna explain what? why. God damn it. No, I'm All gonna right, tell you. All right, tell me. So Dutch um and Billy are trying to carry Poncho, who is he, all his ribs are like shattered. The girl is with them. They're trying to they're trying to run, and then Billy stops. Dutch he doesn't explain what he's doing, but Dutch kind of knows, and so he the girl takes up his position of helping carry Poncho, and they run through. So Billy decides to wait, and he takes his he takes his shirt off, takes all his shit off, and then he he slices. He, he he's got this like knife, and he slices his his chest. He stands there and he waits. And then the others, and I, I love this, the others hear him scream. They just hear this massive, yeah. massive scream and Dutch is like, fuck. And so, you know, go, 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 go. Like if you're watching this for the first time, you're like, fucking go because like the predator is fast. So anyway, the predator catches up to them and shoots poor Poncho. Poncho go, Poncho's already fucked. Poncho goes down dead. And then he wo- he, he tries to hit Dutch. He, t- he wounds him in the arm and the girl, um, he tells the girl to run. Just fucking get to the get get to the chopper. I guess that's what he says. Get to the chopper. Uh, I guess the chopper, and then Dutch runs through the forest, for, followed closely by the predator because the predator doesn't break a sweat when he runs, and then he kind of trips and he slides down this mudslide off a cliff into a waterfall lake thingy, and I'm gonna stop there before I go to the next part because the next part's kind of like the last ish bit. But anyway. What did you reckon? I had a really big problem with that. Now, hearing you describe it, I I I, I got to the thinking that Billy was giving himself up, and and and, and Billy was giving him uh, Billy was sacrificing himself to give Dutch and the others more time to get away. But I still didn't like it because I I thought Billy should have gone out with his with, with uh, on his feet. I'm not you know I'm not saying that he didn't because we didn't get to see it, but I would have loved if we would have gotten to see it just just because i was like come on man you're just gonna go out like that there are two reasons why he did that one is what you mentioned to let to get dutch and poncho i give them more time but the other reason is because he wanted to go out on his own terms he doesn't run i you know he's proud he's like nope i'm gonna stand here and i'm going to fight and if i die fighting that's how a warrior dies he's a warrior so that's why mm-hmm. he did that. That's the, I think that's the bigger part of the reason is like, I'm not running. If I die, I die fighting, which okay. is his character, okay. which is why I like him so much. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, I just, just real quickly. I love the scene where, um, a Dutch gets wounded and, and he just yells to the girl, famous line, get to the chopper, you know, mm. And he goes down the mudslide and he gets mud mm. all over his body. That's a big hat mm. that's going to get picked up very, very shortly. Yep. Yep. And, you know, and I, uh, yeah, I just, I, you know, I, I, I just, I, I just had problems with the start of the scene because I kind of didn't agree with the way Billy went out. But now hearing Dean explain it and give more context to it, I, I understand it. I, I'm not saying that I necessarily agree with it, but I understand it. Yeah, he's facing his fear. He doesn't. He's not running, right? Which I respect right, right, the right. shit out of. Right. So uh, Dutch has fallen off a cliff into the lake, and as Dutch swims to the shore, it's all muddy, 
and he's climbing up the shore. It's like fucking it, this. It's like this clay mud thing, and it's kind of it's it's just all over him. And he crawls out of the water, and he's getting covered in this mud. And then and then he he we hear, sorry, Dutch hears a huge splash behind him, but we see it, and it's like oh shit, the predators literally just jumped off that cliff. Had, gives no fucks into the water and dutch knows <laughs> dutch yeah. is like oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck he knows what that is and so he he turns around in the mud and so now he's like completely covered and he's like backing up and backing up and backing up and he backs up into the it's kind of like tree roots he backs up and he's like hiding in the tree well he's not really hiding because there's nothing to hide behind there's just it's just a i don't know uh, the, the set was really cool, like how they did the, the – it looked like spider legs, but it was like tree trunks, like intertwined to each other. It was really cool. So anyway, uh, he's covered in mud and he sees the predator emerge from the water and he's like not translucent anymore. You can like you can fully see him. And it's like, oh, he's really cool. So the predator is looking for him. And we go through the predator vision and it doesn't pick him up. He scans where Dutch is, doesn't pick him up. And Dutch is looking at him like, what the fuck? Why like why can't he see me? And uh there's there's like a little a little creature that's crawling and we see through predator vision, uh predator goes, Oh, a heat signature. So he like missiles it, and Dutch sees this and he's like, What? And then Predator's looking around and goes, Nah, I don't know where he is, and then he just walks off. And then Dutch realizes he looks at he looks at that he's covered in in this mud and he goes, Fuck. This is when it dawns on him, he can't see me. Because he saw the bug because the bug gives off the heat signature. Obviously, we know that. But now Dutch knows that. He goes, he can't see me. And then he's like, oh, I can use this. And here ensues like the best part of the movie. When when he finally he gets like one up on the Predator. So what do you reckon? Yeah, I you know what? I really loved this sequence because this sequence picked up something that the last sequence introduced, was, which is the mud. I, I, I love the scene when Dutch goes against the, the sort of tree bark and he is like Arnold Schwarzenegger does a great job. Uh, just to be clear, Arnold Schwarzenegger does a great job throughout this whole movie. But in this scene in particular and the scenes coming up, Arnold Schwarzenegger shows a level of emotion that I don't think that he reached in the, in the movie previously. But just watching the Predator come up out of the ocean, come up out of the water and we get to see a full almost a view uh, almost a full view of how he looks and then to and then to, then to see him not being able to see where dutch is because he because the the mud is sort of concealing dutch's heat signature mm. i thought was very very cool and it it was i really like that the writers gave uh, 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 put in put in such a simple thing to be a, a, an Achilles heel for the predator species mm. as a whole. Yep. Uh, I, I I think that I think that that was very very inventive, and also I think that what the writers do uh, uh, in the finale, which we're going to talk about here in just a few seconds, is great. Yeah, just a little fun fact about that mud that Arnie is covered in. So when they were shooting, it was freezing and the mud that they covered him him in, this clay stuff, was freezing and he almost suffered hypothermia because he just he, they were trying to get his core body, like in between takes, his core body temperature up, but they couldn't 
they couldn't get it up properly and he was just shivering and it took everything in him not to shiver when they were actually filming. Okay, wow. But I mean I mean I mean there you have it guys, bleed for your art, right? Yeah, exactly. So now we we kind of have like a, another montage of du- Dutch making makeshift weapons and he's setting traps like kind of like they did before in the jungle and then he covers himself in more mud and this is such a great this is such a great shot of of him covered in mud and he has like he's he's got a like a torch a fire torch yeah torch. and he and he um he lights it on fire and he mm. he holds it up and then he just screams at the top of his lungs and you know he's luring in the predator and it's just like oh things about to go down <laughs> About to happen. Best shot, best shot of the movie, and no lie, I I swear to God, when I saw that shot, I was like, "This is a shot that I'm going to use for my commercial." Such a good shot. <laughs> I actually have an action figure of Arnold Schwarzenegger, like of that scene where he's covered in really? the mud. Yeah, and he's got he's holding the torch. It's really cool. <laughs> Oh, I have it. Oh, wow. I have him because oh, okay. this is how geeky I am, right? So I have an action figure of him in his like commando outfit, and I have an action figure of him covered in the mud holding the torch up, which I love. Awesome. Yeah, it's fucking cool. Oh, okay. So he's trying to lure the predator in, and Dutch has made a fire to distract him because it's the only it's the only heat source around. So he wants to lure him into this this uh, fire pit that he's made, and so the predator. Basically, basically, he's watching the fire. He's like, when's the predator coming? And then the predator comes up literally right behind him. And I love the shot because it's a shot from the front and you see Arnie and he's, you don't see the fire. You see him looking at the fire. And then you see the predator come up from behind and he knows and he doesn't move. And his eyes just go wide like, fuck, fuck. And as an audience member, you're like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And the predator just moves past him, doesn't see him. And Arnie's like, fuck. It's such a well-placed um, shot that the director uses, that it's just like, honestly, watching this for the first time in the movie theater, people must have been like absolutely having anxiety attacks at that. Like, fuck, is he going to see him? And then, so he, he, Predator does exactly what Dutch wants. He jumps towards the, he's towards the fire pit and the Predator's like looking at the fire pit. Like, what is this? Like, it's not a person. Like, he doesn't know, kind of know what it is. And Dutch has, because in his pockets, and in his like vest, he's got these little like mini, I don't know what they're like, mini firebombs, I guess. They've got gunpowder in them. And so he's attached it to an arrow. He's made arrow, bow and arrows. And he's fired. He he fires No, it. those are those are uh, w- w- what he has in his pocket. Those those are those are shells from his uh, his his mini rocket launcher. Right, there you go. There you go. That's what it is. So he, he attaches one to an arrow and he shoots it where the predator is and it doesn't get him, but it gets like the front of him. Like he's wounded him and the predator's like, oh my God, what the fuck? And then the predator goes apes and starts fucking firing his missile in every direction because he doesn't know where the fuck Dutch is. And Dutch is trying to keep really fucking still, but all these like, what are they called? They're like the... The, the the fire the remnants of like the fires like, embers yeah embers they're like they're falling on him and that must hurt <laughs> even even if he's covered if covered with yeah. mud but anyway yeah, so yeah. he starts yeah. firing in all these directions he doesn't know where he is and then he Arnie's quite clever he starts throwing a rock right because predator's gone incognito again he goes well fuck I can't see him so he throws a rock because he knows whatever noise he makes the predator is gonna out himself basically yeah. and missile wherever wherever the sound is coming from so to find where the predator is he throws a rock he sees the 
the um, the Predator missile come out, and then he throws an explosive javelin at him, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. And the Predator's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, what is happening? And then Dutch notices, because uh, he's trying to find the Predator, because he's like, all right, where the fuck is he? I know I got him. And he's, he's noticing the green blood, and he's following the trail. Basically, he gets to the end of the trail, and then he realizes, oh, no. <laughs> and then the Predator comes up behind him. And he, the, even though the Predator can't really see him, you know, if he uses his missile, it'll get him anyway. So he starts gunning it and then he falls into the water, effectively washing off all the mud. And then at this point, you're like, well, fuck. <laughs> fuck. So what say you? Yeah, listen, li- listen, I, I really, really love that scene because, again, that scene shows you how, how for, for the whole for the whole duration of this movie, the predator has had the upper hand. But in this one scene, Dutch has the upper hand. I love how Dutch makes the fire to 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 confuse the predator as to where he is. I love how he shoots those those arrows that he made at him, those makeshift arrows that he made at him. And I love how at one point uh, the predator just loses all sense of control and he starts firing madly everywhere. I just love this scene because it's so nice to see the humans have the upper hand when the aliens have had the upper hand for the whole uh, duration of the movie up to this point. Mm, Exactly. Oh, and one more thing. I really, really think that the direction of this movie is really, really exceptional by John McTiernan. Mm. And everybody, when they talk about this movie, everybody says Arnold Schwarzenegger, all the team members are great. But I don't hear a lot of people talking about John McTiernan's direction. I think that John McTiernan's direction brings a lot to this movie, especially early on when the team is in the jungle and they don't know what the hell is hunting them. Because he has a specific way of shooting that really that really uh, 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 put puts you behind the eight ball and really doesn't show you uh, what the hell you're looking at. So John, so just just real quick, John McTiernan has a specific way of showing you exactly what he wants to show you without giving away everything yet until he absolutely has to. So now the predator sees Dutch because all the shit's washed off, and Dutch is like, "Fuck, <laughs> fuck." So the predator sees him and picks him up, just picks him up by his one-handed, picks him up, thrusts him up against the tree, and then puts him down again. And walks away, just walks a couple feet away, and Dutch doesn't move because he knows he can't fucking run. There's nowhere he can go, and the Predator knows this. So the Predator turns around and basically just fucking beats the shit out of Dutch, picks him up, throws him, you know, just beats the shit out of him. And then Dutch leads him to to where his kind of kind of traps are in the area that he's because he's trying to trying to crawl towards his traps to trap him he kicks he kicks a lever and a huge hang on let me go back because i forgot something i forgot a pivotal part because oh, yeah you sake, did i forgot a pivotal part yeah, you did i'm gonna go yes, back you, did. you didn't even catch me yeah, you didn't yeah. even say anything you did not even say, i blame you no, entirely no, no, for no, this no. i blame you entirely oh, this is absolutely no, your fault what the fuck are you anything. here for you have to tell me if i've missed something and i because i'm reading my notes I i'm like no i've I missed something do anything 
I have missed I something. No, I blame here. you. I blame you entirely. So oh, let's just fuck it. I'm so sorry. Let's just fuck it. No, I'm not sorry because you know what? I I'm well. I am sorry. I'm sorry that I didn't write it down. All right. So before this, we get the iconic scene of Predator slowly taking off his fucking helmet. So he he detaches the things, the air, the air oxygen things on the side, and he lifts his fucking helmet off and this is the first time imagine being in the cinema seeing the predator face for the first time fucking hell this is one of the best character sorry creature designs i have ever fucking seen it is gross yet it it's gross it's alien it's i mean it's slimy i mean it's just so well designed by stan winston so well designed and fun fact it took i think it was nine guys to work the face because it was that much. There was so many things going on to move the manibles and to move the not the eyes, because the eyes were the were the were the actor's eyes. Uh, but just to move everything. Oh my god. And then when he roars and he's like his mouth opens up, like, oh my god, it's like fun fact, I actually have um a, a predator head and it is uh, a full head and it has the mask, and when you take the mask off, you get the face. <laughs> So I have that, which is pretty oh, wow. fucking cool. Pretty fucking cool. That's cool. That's uh, that's some that's some really great nerd cred for you. Oh yeah. But yeah, look, 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 look. I I am kind of partial to Stan Winston's to Stan Winston's Alien, mm. but but the Predator is he he just he looks gross. He looks cool, and and hearing that it took almost nine people just to work the face that's not surprising to me at all yeah yeah so anyway the mask is revealed he's beating he starts beating the crap out of dutch dutch leads him to where his traps are he kicks a lever and a huge log comes down crashing down on the predator and then he goes he grabs a big big rock and he goes to bash his head in and then he stops because he sees the predator is pretty much is already dying he's spitting up this green blood and he kind of at that point has kind of like he could have done it but he doesn't he has a moment of like, oh, well, he's going to die anyway. Should I really be this person to like bash this? I mean, I, I mean, I, he's killed all your friends. Come the fuck on. But I do, I do understand it was, a, it was a moment and I liked it. So now the predator opens up his little, his little arm thingy and he presses buttons and it's basically an, initiates a self-destruct like sequence. And then this is, this is, okay, we're going to, we're going to go back to go forward. The joke that. Um, Hawkins tells Billy and Billy starts laughing. The predator recorded Billy's laugh and now Billy's laugh comes back, but it's really grotesque. (laughs) So Dutch goes, when Dutch realizes, oh, it's a self-destruct, the predator starts playing the recording of Billy laughing. And it's just so fucking, it's like the creepiest shit. The whole movie is great. This is so fucking creepy. And then Dutch fucking guns it and runs. And then there's this huge like explosion. Dutch gets out of the way. And so, and after, after it clears, there's the helicopter. The helicopter is coming in, the rescue helicopter. And uh, they see the smoke. So that's obviously where they, where they, where they're headed. They land and they, they pick. Um, they they pick Dutch up and the girl is already 
in the helicopter on board and Dutch is just sitting in the helicopter like, fuck. And that's it. That's the end. That's the end. Yeah. Um, I really, really love the end of this movie because, like you said, that little scene between Billy and Hawk where Billy uses a laugh that comes back when the Predator just basically initiates his self-destruct mechanism. And I also love the fact that the self-destruct mechanism is basically, he basically like uh, released the uh, a nuclear bomb uh, uh, in the forest. So <laughs> yeah. how in the world, how in the world does survive that? I don't care. I don't know. It's movie magic. I accept that. But I also really like the end of the movie that Dutch just gets onto the helicopter and he doesn't say a word. Mm. Everything, everything, everything that you need to know is on the guy's face. So I, I, I really, really like the ending of this movie. It was just great. But uh, would you, would you like to go into your trivia? Sure. So first trivia is the Predator's blood was made from liquid from the liquid inside glow sticks and KY jelly. That's his blood. So it actually did glow. <laughs> It was, it was actually okay. that green glowy thing. That wasn't that wasn't okay. CG at all, which I thought was cool. Oh, a lot of this, a lot of things in this movie are practical because in the '80s, folks, when when you wanted to when you wanted to do stuff as a filmmaker, you had to be creative. You couldn't just send it off to Lucasfilm and 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 they do everything for you. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I'm going to interject something before I go through my trivia. I was watching this movie, and I was thinking, you know what? These these are action heroes. These are male action heroes. You know, you've it, it, the 80s, right? And then you've got Rocky. He's a he's a he's an action, you know what I mean? He was it was and I'm I'm going to I'm going to annoy a lot of people by saying this, but you know me, I don't give a fuck. The 80s had they had Dolph Lundgren, they had Sylvester Stallone, obviously they had Arnie, and they had all these these men that were men. The, and I was thinking about this watching Predator, and I was like, these were action heroes, and now we've got men in tights. These are the action heroes of today. <laughs> men swinging around in fucking tight spandex. And I'm just like, no, no, no. Okay. Are you kidding okay, me? Okay. Fucking no. Uh, okay, okay. Wearing masks, okay. no less. The heroes in the Hold 80s it. did not wear masks. Hold it. Hold it. You think I'm going to you think I'm gonna interject, but I'm not. You are completely right. And guys. <laughs> Guys, this is coming from a guy that loves loves the that loves the spandex people. Loves, but 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 Dean is completely right. Uh, in the in the 80s and the in the 80s and all throughout the 90s, we had rough, tough, really hard kicking action superheroes. Like Dean said, we had Arnie. We had Sylvester. We had Sean Claude Van Damme. Oh, we had Kurt we Russell. Had, yeah, yeah. We even had it. We we even had uh, uh, Steven Seagal before oh, yeah. it went all nuts. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it was just it was just a different time. So talking about big buff men, Arnie actually lost twenty five pounds to play Dutch. Huh? Okay, I know you would. Okay. I knew you would say huh, so I'm going to explain. It's not that he was fat; he wasn't, but he was a bodybuilder, and he didn't think that his physique as a bodybuilder would match a military man. So he actually lost 25 pounds of muscle. Okay, 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 okay. That makes sense now. That makes and sense. I was like, damn. I mean, uh, yeah, because, because, um, yeah, because I was like, wait a minute, Arnold Schwarzenegger has been fit for my entire life. It's I'm muscle like, he what lost. Are you about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the predator costume. This was interesting. 
weighed over 200 pounds. And what? yeah, and Kevin Peter Hall, which is the guy who played Predator, he's 7'2. And by the way, Kevin Peter Hall is actually at the end of the movie, he's the pilot of the helicopter, in case you wanted to see kind of what he looks like. He's actually in the movie, not oh, in the suit. Sure. So anyway, he's 7'2. Uh, the the costume weighed over 200 pounds, but this was interesting. So he had to be connected to a bungee rig to enable him to actually move more fluidly because oh he couldn't God. move in it. <laughs> what? Oh, shit. Yeah. How funny is that? That's incredible. That's incredible. Isn't it? Uh, the original script, sometimes when actors get scripts, if they're big enough, they basically they can they can change what they want because if you want an actor and they say, well, I'm not going to do it unless you do this, usually the studio will comply and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. In this instant, it worked because the original script that Arnie was given actually only had Dutch in the jungle for the entire movie. So he was facing off against the Predator for the full hour and a half. And it was Arnie that actually said, no, I think we need a team of commandos. And that's when the script was rewritten for that. Wow, good on good on all Schwarzenegger for having that foresight. Oh, wait a minute. So the original script was just oh that would have been him. kind of taxing. Though. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been. No, but yeah, but like 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 you agree though, it would have been taxing, right? To have Arnold yeah. all by himself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh the next piece of trivia is look, I know everybody knows this, but I'm gonna br- I talked to my friend about this yesterday. He's like, he's like, are you gonna bring it up? And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll bring it up. But I think people know what? this. What are you bring up? I think people already know the I mean, fans of this movie will know that Jean-Claude Van Damme was the original predator. People know this, right? Before he yeah, was even, before he was gone, yeah. he was the original in a different suit before they totally reworked yeah, the character. Yeah, even I know that. <laughs> yeah, like people people know that. So the last piece of trivia is how the the clicking, the predator clicks came about. So so the guy that actually voices Predator actually voices Optimus Prime as well. He does a lot of voice work. No way. Yeah, are I, you, yeah are you it's kidding Optimus me? Prime. Get yeah. the fuck out of and here. He, Wait yeah, a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let Wait that sink in. Let that Wait, sink hold, in. Hold up. Mind blown. Are you kidding me? Optimus Prime is a Predator? He's a, he's a, whoop, whoop. oh my God. Yeah. So he also he also does oh King Kong as, and, and Godzilla as well. So, okay. so anyway, he had just finished doing king kong and they called him up they're like hey we got this movie obviously 1987 1986 before it was out we got this movie we want you to do the we want you to do the 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 growling or the voice for it and he had totally messed up his throat doing king kong right he's like his throat was like bleeding and he couldn't could hardly talk and he's like look my throat's messed up but i'll go in i'll see what you want me to do and he went into i think 20th century fox it is they go okay, and they're describing him. They go okay. This is this is this is the character. We need a we need a a call. We need a raw. We need something. And he says, "Well, what does it look like?" And the execs were like, "Oh, well, we can't show you." And he goes, "Well, I need to know what he looked what? like." Yeah, the, uh, fucking studios. That's and the <laughs> the execs were like, "Well, we can't show you." He goes, "I need to know what he looks like and how he moves. Otherwise, I can't give you a voice, not by off of a description." And so he said that execs fucking fucked off, and they came back with footage, and they showed him a Ooh. couple of scenes because they'd already shot it with the predator, and he stood there and he watched it with the helmet coming off and all that, and they said, "Okay, what do you think?" And he's like, "Hmm," and he stood there. And he started doing the clicks, which he said was the only thing he could do because his voice was fucked. He started doing this clicking sound oh. because he said it reminded him of like a crab and like bubbles coming up to the surface, crackling at the surface. 
So he started doing the clicking sound and the executive went, fuck. And then he got the ex- other executive. He goes, fucking come here and listen to this, listen to this. And so he pulled the other guy through and goes, listen to this. He goes, do it again, do it again. And so Optimus Prime, he did it again, did the clicking sound. And he goes, fuck, that's it. That's it. That's the sound. And that's, folks, that is how we got (laughs) the predator clicking sound. Oh, that is so great. (laughs) You know what? You know what? You know know what? You know what? I think that this is the... This is the this is the moment of this podcast right here. <laughs> this trivia. I was like, that's so great. <laughs> All right. If there's nothing else, we're gonna say goodbye. There's nothing else. Let's say goodbye. All right. So we hope you enjoyed our very long but very enjoyable uh review on the mixtape podcast of The Predator. If you want to email us, you can at mixtapepod at aol.com. Even to tell me I am the best and Marcelo sucks. I would love to get that email. Wouldn't you love that email? Dean is the best. Marcelo sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 I... <laughs> well, 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 guys, well, guys, well, guys, just real quickly, just real quickly. I think Dean is the best too. She fucking rules. Oh, I might send that email to the mixtape podcast. Dear mixtape <laughs> podcast, I think Dean is the best. And I think Marcelo sucks. <laughs> and then, but it'll be like my email. So you'll know it's from me. <laughs> Dean, yeah, I'm really- <laughs> are you sending emails telling yourself you love yourself again? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what? You know what? Oh, like you. if you do that, I'll read all the answers. <laughs> I would do that, folks. I would fucking do that because I'm fucking trippy like that. Anyway, so we hope you enjoyed this episode. Next week, now listen, I have to interject because two episodes ago, I did say that each week we alternate in our picks, but this season is a little bit different because Marcelo kept losing bets. And so I kept yeah. taking his picks. So the next like <laughs> six episodes are my picks because I kept changing them and putting my picks in because he kept losing bets that, that I knew he would lose, but I wasn't going to tell him that. So anyway, um, so obviously Saturday Night Favorite oh. Predator was my pick and the next four, I think, are my picks. So next week, uh, we're pivoting a little bit next week because this week obviously we did something very very dark next week we're going to keep it lighthearted. we're going to do one of my other favorite movies of all time we're going to be doing space balls and that might surprise people but we like to keep it light here we like to balance the light and the dark and so we're doing space balls anyway so here we go here is my here is my um my podcast my podcast voice to to sign it off if someone is kind enough to make you a mixtape that must mean that they really love you The Mixtape Podcast is a Balloonhead Productions presentation.